Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. My name is Jet Tattersall. Now, do take a moment and drink in that beautiful crystal clear audio. We are back in the studio, and it is absolutely glorious to be here. I'm sure Zoom will be back at some point, but for now, we are loving being able to chat to artists face-to-face again. And I'm sure it makes a far better listening experience for you, too. In more exciting news, issue nine of Women in Pop magazine is literally days away. You can get your copy online now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or at a newsagent near you. Our guest today is one of the most exciting new talents in Australian music right now. And today she releases her debut EP, Half Past Nine. Her music is a delicious mix of 1980s synth pop and contemporary beats. And it's fair to say we are a little bit like stalker obsessed with her. (laughs) She is no stranger to women in pop. And you hopefully have read all about her in issue eight of the magazine. It is the wonderful Carla Wiebe. And she is here to tell us more about her incredible music, Carla Hello, and welcome back to Women in Pop. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, as I mentioned, we're huge stalker, creepy fans of your music. I like, love obsessed. It. If this smile doesn't give it away, <laughs> so stoked to have you here. And congratulations on Half Past Nine. How are you feeling to have it out? Oh, thank you so much, by the way. And thank you guys for always supporting me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it feels amazing to finally have it out. And, you know, it's been a long time coming. And, uh, yeah, I can't believe it's out can't believe it's out it's oh it's such a welcome welcome collection of songs particularly after the car crash that has been 2020 (laughs) I know right (laughs) it's a great way to explain it (laughs) oh joyful things um I want to dive straight into the latest single somebody loves you so I'm just going to play that now walk home after a Kashmir song like just love it can you tell me where this one came from sure um where it came from um there's like a little story behind it um nothing too exciting you know when you just you you just meet someone and you, you know you find them attractive or you know you got some feelings for them and turns out they're with someone already so um that sucks uh so yeah that's basically where the song came from and uh, it was probably the quickest song I've ever written, to be honest. I wrote this one with a guy named Boy Boy, who I did three of the other songs that I've released um, with. And yeah, it kind of just all fell into place very quickly. And I love this song. So um, I'm really glad that other people are hopefully loving it as well. It's very cinematic. And I mm-hmm. don't mean in the fanfare of music and everything, yep. but just... Well, I think we're all visual creatures. Yeah. As much as we're like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> you put that song on and you go, oh, that it's that moment. Yeah. And it totally transports you. And at the same time, you go, yeah, okay, they're with someone, but it's okay because I'm going to think of it yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Exactly. Oh, and it's one you. of those press play and press play and press play again oh, songs. That's cool. I like that. 
Oh, gorgeous. Um, I also want to talk about, obviously, in a world at the moment with these kind of synth-soaked, carefree, mm-hmm. gorgeous 80s sounds, which, again, is yep. so welcome considering <laughs> what, <Yeah. laughs> what's going on. That sound is back full throttle. But your sound is incredibly signature. And nothing screams nostalgic paradise quite like lead track, Don't Tell Me. Right. <laughs> which I'm just going to play now. And you've got, I mean, that song, those, that intro, that intro to start with, we're like, okay, yeah. I know this, I'm in yeah. Tron. <laughs> and then you've got your distorted vocals. Um, how did you go about achieving that very authentic sound? Well, I always knew that I didn't want my music to come across as, oh, this sounds like it. It's from the 80s, right, because we're not in the 80s. But I definitely wanted to draw inspiration from the 80s, so I tried to make it, you know, it's like a mix of the older inspiration, but with very modern elements. So, um, yeah, we kind of just experimented a little bit, saw what worked, what didn't, and I felt like we landed in that place uh, with Don't Tell Me. It's very, yeah, it's it's other level, Don't Tell Me. And actually, um, I'm going to let you all in on a little sneak preview because in the latest issue of Women in Pop magazine, we showcase our top 10 tracks of 2020 and Don't Tell Me is front and centre on the oh, list. no way. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so there the you best. go. We got a little bit obsessed with that. Oh. And I'm glad that you said as well, like you were like, I want it to be 80s, but at the same time, make it now and mix it. Relevant. And I feel yeah. with this track particular, you've really gone, okay, I want to push this production. I know you're a multi-instrumentalist, but you're a producer as well. So do you feel with every track you just push yourself a little further as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I uh, my, my first track that I've ever produced that will be actually released is on the EP, and uh, it's a bonus track, actually. But, like, I always, with whoever I'm working with, I always work with them on the production, and I was never, you know, confident enough to actually physically do it I always felt like everyone else was just so much better but I just learned so much from the people that I work with and uh do you hear your confidence in that song as well and not just lyrically and with your voice but also with the production surrounding it yeah definitely I um I definitely over the last maybe like two years have um just gained a lot more confidence in in just in sessions in general uh like with writing and everything but with production as I'm starting to understand it more and like learn more about it, I can put that more into my music, and I think that's where that comes across. Gorgeous, and of course, it's your confidence is there. I mean, of your voice is like an instrument itself. I know you're a multi instrumentalist, but can you tell me a little about your music background? Like, sure. were you always? Did you always just want to make it your own, or was it a slow discovery? Um, I actually didn't grow up loving music. I was always into sport growing up, and uh, 
When the idea was put forward for me to maybe start singing, I uh, was very against that idea um, for a while. And my parents were just trying to encourage me because my brother started singing and uh, I was always like, no way, there's no way I'd be caught singing. Ended up loving it. And so, yeah, I've always been writing music and just producing little ideas for myself. Um, but it's probably like the last two years that I've really taken it to the next level and, you know, this is what I want my life to be pretty much. Incredible. And it's interesting how you felt that you couldn't be one of many things. It was like, no, I do sport. I don't do music. (laughs) And actually that leads me into the next single I want to play, um, which I just am obsessed with. Um, I'm just going to play Love Me For Me now. I mean, it's such a beautiful song and like your other tracks, your music has this beautiful ability to create this kind of domino effect of soft smiles when you're listening to it. It's very personal. So you play that song and you're like, anybody listening, they just kind of, before they even tune into those (laughs) lyrics, they just smile. And it's very gentle. Um, But this is a song Mm -hmm. about isolation and loneliness and exclusion. Can you talk me a little bit about this one? Sure. Well, I wrote this one with an amazing songwriter named Kennedy and Boy Boy produced it. And we kind of, the the process for writing this song was very different to anything I had done before. We just spoke for hours before we even started the song. And I had to catch a flight out from LA that night and we hadn't started the song and I was starting to get a little bit nervous. And I was like, are we we gonna finish this? And Kennedy was like, yeah, this will be done in half an hour, we'll be fine. But basically we were just talking about, like I, I, I don't go out much and when I do I feel very uncomfortable a lot of the times and so that's where the line in the song you're gonna have to drag me out of the door because I've got social anxiety comes from and my friends will (laughs) vouch for that as well I'm definitely someone who prefers to stay at home or just hang out with friends you know not out but it's also about just wanting to be accepted and loved for who you are Uh, it's very cliche but I feel like at the heart of everyone, that's what they really want. And yeah, um, mental health is also something that wasn't always very important to me, I'll admit, because I never really experienced anything traumatic growing up or, but you know, uh, last few years have been a little different. So yeah, I've, I've, uh, I have a, it has a bigger importance in my life. And so I just wanted to create this song to, to just have a conversation, start conversations and like, highlight the importance of mental health gorgeous and you know i mean you say it's cliche but it can't be hammered home enough right the video which you talent nugget directed as well (laughs) opens with a spoken clip where you talk about Mm -hmm. the heartbreaking stories behind Mm -hmm. your protagonists in the clips what drove you and what inspired you to make this video this way and also um, how did you go about finding your protagonists so what drove me uh, to do a video like this is it has such a strong message and 
I wanted the video to be just as special as the meaning of the song. So I, I, I knew that I wanted, you know, a few different people to share their stories and I wanted to cover a, a variety of, you know, struggles that people might be going through. Um, two of the people in in the video I knew and were friends um, and then the others were recommended by people who said oh I have a friend who would love to share their story to help other people and so that's kind of how it happened um, and yeah it was so fun making it and being on the other side of the camera and you know just getting to explore that side of the creative process and I lost one of my friends recently who was in the video to suicide so he, he came on wanting to talk about it to help other people and you know, share his story because he was, you know, in a much better place. And unfortunately, you know, recently he took his own life. And it just, you, you don't know, you know, what people are going through. And it's just like, they might say they're fine and, you know, they're not. So I just think it's something really important that we always need to talk about and just make it, you know, something that isn't hard to talk about so that people feel like they can, you know, seek help or just, yeah just don't feel like they're alone so yeah that's incredible yeah. it's a real the video is something else and watching it it makes you then go back to the song yeah listening to it and it bear it, it changes and what I love about what you do is you always have this message or even like you said oh it's just a story about a walk home yeah but there's so much I hate the word support I don't yeah. hate the word support but it's not support <laughs> it's more like You've got this real, I hear you, mm -hmm. I see you, yeah. to your music. That is, again, like you said, really 80s inspired. And I mean, the 80s, I was a kid in it. Yeah. This is an era <laughs> I'm when jealous. everyone was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There was no thought. There was yeah. hardly any sentiment. Yeah. And so that's what I think is very beautiful that you've encapsulated oh, those two you. worlds. And you've made it very, very relevant to your listeners. So nice work. Thank you very much. Um, on that note, visual art clearly stokes your fire and you are a photographer and you're mm -hmm. directing your own videos, but you also shot I'll Never Be Happy Again for the gorgeous Sarah Wolf. Yes. Like, this is incredible. Um, Love Sarah. I understand, obviously, you've just spoken through Love Me For Me, mm -hmm. but how important is it for you, both as a viewer or a mm -hmm. listener and as an artist, how important is that visual accompaniment to a song? Oh, I think it's so important. I mean... It's one thing to listen to something, but when you when you have a visual while you're listening to it, I think it just adds a completely different element. Um, gives you different feelings that you may not have felt in the song. Also, they're just cool to look at sometimes. <laughs> you just want to watch a cool visual. But yeah, no, I think it's definitely important because it also gives viewers an insight into the artist's world, I guess. I just think it's it's really important to have that. Gorgeous. And yeah. I feel like you're you're like yourself and artists are taking much more creative control. Yeah, now. They're, sure. they're, they're exploring different areas, mm -hmm. much so also with an EP or an album. Of course, with this day and age, we've got streaming and it's wonderful. And the yeah. Internet gives us song after song after song. Mm -hmm. So when someone releases an album or someone releases an EP, quite often they go, oh, yeah, I've got that song and that song. Yeah. And I'm just curious for yourself. Do you feel that because of that, there's this really beautiful knock-on effect where the artist isn't necessarily trying to make hit after hit. They're going, do you know what? If I'm going to release a P EP, I'm going to make it for me. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. I think there was a stage where, you know, everyone was trying to get out hits and, you know, it became a bit just like repetitive and mm -hmm. like the turnover of the song was so quick and, you know, it wasn't appreciated as music used to be. I think it was just, you know, had a very short life and then 
it was on to the next one. But I feel like this year people have started to slow down a little bit more and, you know, more people are releasing albums. And I knew I always wanted to do an EP to start off with just to, you know, I think if, if I just released a few singles, people wouldn't really understand who I was as an artist. So I definitely wanted to give them, you know, the full story in a short kind of EP. And it's a real testament to an EP when you can listen to it and go, oh, that one, and then that one, and that one. Like, you listen to this in its entirety, and then you back back around and go again. It's really beautiful. There's a definite oh, cool. bookend to it. So Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm pleased you did that. <laughs> I mean, most people struggle with enunciating and with admitting to the similarities of those that they fear mm-hmm. and or don't understand, be it cultural, sexual orientation, financial, or even generational differences, let yep. alone turning them into beautiful pop songs. Um, you've clearly got a very voyeuristic nature. You seem to you seem to in, you're very interested in people, yes, and very. connection, yeah. And you're not always reflecting it back on yourself. Mm-hmm. Has that just been you since you were young? Have you yeah. always just been very curious about yeah. other people's emotions and their effect? Well, yeah, I I, I feel other people's uh, emotions very strongly, and. Um, it wasn't always a good thing because it, it felt very heavy a lot of the time. But once I learned how to, you know, use that and use it for good and, you know, to make music and um, not hold on to it as much, it, uh, yeah, it was a really nice thing to be able to, you know, meet people, sometimes feel their experiences and just kind of connect with people. I, I, yeah, I really do enjoy just, you know, being aware of my surroundings and, you know, meeting new people and understanding how humans work because we're obviously such complex beings. So, yeah, I do enjoy that. It's really beautiful to hear in music as well because obviously we often connect to a song through that's very personal to the artist, but your music is personal, but at the same time you're talking about external references. It's really yeah. it's really something else. Oh, cool. You first came to our excited attention when you collaborated with Troy and Roy being on the on the single Touched, which we got obsessed with. I say oh, cool. on our attention, Women in Pop's <laughs> attention, yep. um, which I'm going to play now. I mean, that chorus, shit's underneath my bed, your demo is in my head. Like, everyone yeah. who's ever dated a yeah. musician's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> it was such a fun song. Yeah, it was this fun song, yeah. And listening to that now, do you, I mean, that was only, I mean, it came out last year, but do you already mm-hmm. hear the change in your voice, how you've developed? Oh, kind of- 100%. I actually didn't write that song. Roy wrote it um, and he asked me, him and um, Tyrone asked me to feature on it, which was amazing. So yeah, I, I think my my stuff that I write is a little different, but yeah, it's, it's such a great song and I'm happy to have been a part of it. It's so much fun. You are a multi-instrumentalist with voice 
and in the instruments itself. Mm-hmm. Where you're also now where you're producing, what were the steps you took to become the artist you are today? Was it just, did you go from singing to like, okay, how can I then even level up my voice? I'm going to yep. pick up a guitar and then I'm going to do <laughs> this. Like, was it a natural progression or are you quite a, like, study? Well, I wish I was. I'm very, you know, I always say I'm going to I'm gonna sit down and every single day I'm going to practice guitar and I'm going to get better and I'm going to be amazing at it. And it just doesn't happen. I think when I started singing, it was just a natural thing for me to pick up guitar just to learn how to songwrite and then piano kind of just came with that as well. I actually played the violin when I was three years old for 10 years and I hated it for the whole 10 years that I played it. But I think it, um, I think it set me up for the future musically. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a natural progression and I'm very bad at explaining things. So my way around that with songwriting and creating music is I started producing little ideas to explain to the producer this is what I want it to sound like. This is the direction and, you know, they they got it then. But if I were to sit there and try and explain, they would have no idea what I'm talking about. So, yeah, it kind of just progressed that way. And then only recently I decided that I wanted to get more into production, learn a bit of bass just for production reasons. My brother was a drummer, so he taught me some stuff. So, yeah, I, I kind of have my hand in a few different things, but I'm not great at any of them by any means. <laughs> I like the fact that you used it as almost like... Like a language tool. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> I don't know what this yeah. is called, so I'll just learn it yeah. and I'll play it at yeah. you. It's, it's, it's easier to me. <laughs> That's beautiful. Look, in the public music machine yeah. and I, uh, female artists are notoriously either never enough mm-hmm. or way too much. Obviously, even female producers such as yourself need to be the best of the best to be recognised for right. their talent. And even then, it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you kind of climb back in. And I just wanted to know... What are your thoughts or experiences, be positive or negative, with regards to being a solo female artist within the industry? I'm relatively new to the industry, probably been around, say, like for a year now. I'm fortunate enough to say that I haven't had a bad experience, um, but I do, I don't know if that comes down to I'm very selective with who I surround myself with, and so I just haven't been in a situation, but I can definitely see the inconsistencies and you know the imbalance because I've recently discovered a few female producers and I didn't even know they produced you know like they're artists and they produce their own stuff but no one talks about that and um yeah I just think it it should be recognized more and I think that there are some you know I don't think it should be female producers anymore right I just think you know those people should be acknowledged for their amazing work. But yeah, I try not to, the way I see things is I try not to think of myself too much as I'm a female artist in this industry. I'm an artist and I'm just going to do what I love and I'm just going to do my best. And then, you know, whoever whoever jumps on board, jumps on board. If they don't, then I'm still going to do it. So yeah, that's kind of how I see things. That's exactly the yeah. attitude you want to hear. <laughs> um, Car crash of 2020, I, yes. you know, the multiple horrible things that went on and everyone was a bit, oh, but then they were also learning to make bread and releasing <laughs> songs, so there was good things. Yeah. I want to know, as a someone with yeah. an amazing perception and uh, empathy for people around you, yeah. what were some of those moments that just warmed your soul in this year of turmoil? I think just seeing people support each other, um, mainly on like social media and, you know, I had a friend who started up a business to help uh, local 
businesses in New Zealand because they were all struggling, you know, after lockdown, some of them closed down. So, you know, he went on this big road trip and, you know, started promoting uh, small businesses. And and then, you know, you see other friends just sharing other small businesses saying, you know, support support people. Um, just, just in general, I feel like there was a lot of support and uh, it was, yeah, it was really nice to see. Nice. That yeah. was support and kindness. Yeah, it was. Now, Carla, you've got some sellout shows coming up um, at Waywards and then mm-hmm. at the Mega Halfpipe at Monster Skate Park, which I'm very familiar with. Yes. Um, talk to me about those and what's exciting for you and what's coming up. Yeah, so Jaguar Jones uh, sold out the Wayward. Amazing. Um, she's brilliant, so I was super happy when they asked me to be a part of it. And, yeah, my first headline, sh- headline show uh, sold out in, like, an hour and a half, which is crazy. And we're, we're putting it on in a massive half pipe uh, in Sydney Olympic Park because why not? We thought we'd do something different, uh, something interesting. You know, people have gone through a shitty year, so we thought we'd do something a little bit uh, out of the ordinary for people. And, yeah, hopefully it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's full band we're, we're singing the whole EP a few unreleased tracks it's gonna be my first show uh like doing these songs and you know singing with the band I recently got my first in ears which uh are very hard to actually use when you haven't used them before we had a rehearsal recently and I, I filmed some of the rehearsal and I forgot that the it was filming and there's about 10 minutes of footage of me trying to put these in ears on <laughs> and struggling. <laughs> so I might have to post that and people can have a good laugh. But yeah, the show, um, 10th of December, and I'm super excited for it. Should it's going to look amazing. And also, as much as, well, you said it's going to mm-hmm. be an amazing location. Yep. But as soon as I read about it, I was like, oh, yeah. it's going to look like a late 90s, like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, what is it? What do they call like keg party films? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you don't have like a row of guys with blonde tips and baggy yep. jeans, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no, they'll be there. It's fine. We'll have people skating in the background. Exactly. Are you coming? Oh, God, I hope I'm coming. Yeah, well, you're coming now. <laughs> oh, really? I was yes. like, oh, it's sold out. All right, no, I'm no, you're, you're coming. <laughs> this is why we do this show. <laughs> <laughs> Free tickets, yes. Um, Carla, thank you yes. so much for joining us on the thank podcast you. today. It has been an absolute treat. Listeners, once you're finished listening to this podcast, go and immediately buy or stream Carla Weeby's debut half past nine because it's, uh, pardon me. Listeners, once you have finished listening to this podcast, go and immediately buy or stream Carla Weeby's debut EP, Half Past Nine, because it is an absolute neon gold dust gem. It is available now on all platforms. And before we go, a reminder that Women in Pop magazine issue nine is out now. Get your copy online now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or at a newsagent near you. Thank you for your time today. We will be back with another podcast very soon. Until then, from myself and Carla Weeby, goodbye. Bye.